The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power in captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome back to Make You All Daily, presented by BetMGM. At Egros, Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Coming up in about 20 minutes, we will talk about the NFL awards conversation and plenty of other things to get to later on in the festivities. Uh, but in terms of, say, college football, I think we're burying the lead a little bit in terms of something that happened yesterday in the historic famous Toastery Bowl. And that is that in the group chat among us folks here at BetQL Daily, Joe mushed his pick. Old Dominion Incorrect. said. Incorrect. It was never a play. I said I, I was thinking was. about it. I thought you said it you was did, like you were going after it. No. I said in the chat that I did not bet it. I said I was thinking about it. And then it, okay. in the moment, I was I like, you oh, the I, think, I, think, I think Ed talked me off. Of, oh, I was not linked six and a half <laughs> with them. There's no okay. way. After all that line. I said if it was like around four, maybe. But no, no chance. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Well, joining us now to uh, talk about all things college football here is Michael Felder. Make sure to check out his Substack at It's Felder and also follow him on X at In the Bleachers. So, Michael, thank you so much for joining us. We always appreciate it. So, general question about what happened yesterday where Old Dominion was up 28-0 and wound up losing to Western <laughs> Kentucky in the historic famous Toastery Bowl. Uh, we all remember the great... Uh, famous toastery bowl games over the years. Uh, but when we're talking about bowl season in general, do you feel like it is likelier that a team can come back from some massive deficit? Or is it something where bowl games should not be treated any differently than regular season games? 
I, 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 I'm of two minds on this one, right? Like, and one, one, I will say shout out to the famous toastery ball. We're, we're joking, but that was, this is in my hometown. So this is where I live. So I do have to give them props. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I think this is one of those things where I think that, you know, everybody's kind of checked in, checked out. I mean, we've got signing day coming up soon. And so coaches are kind of half in, half out. And so there's that. Then you have, not in this game, but in other games, you're going to have those opt-outs, which make them very terrifying. And I'm sure we'll talk about Florida State, Georgia in a, in a little bit, because I have mm-hmm. no idea what to think about that football game. Um, and it just, I, I think that what happens is teams kind of, this is this is halftime adjustments to me. So that does put it in the regular season camp on my end. I think ODU came out with a game plan and this is, listen, this is a team that's bumped up right from FCS. So they're like, we got to, we want to put a stamp on this came out hot. And then Western Kentucky was like, mm, no, we, we know what this is now. Let's, we understand the protocol. Let's go ahead and take care of business. So I think it's a little bit of, it's like six in one hand, a half dozen in the other, in the other. And I think bowl games are like, you, I don't think you can character. Honestly, y'all, I don't think you can characterize them as anything at this point between mm-hmm. transfer portal opt-out coaching changes early signing day and teams that really want to win and teams that like like there's so many factors i don't think that there's one blanket statement you can say about this like the the line movement that we see like as the information yeah. trickles out and and we're trying to figure out okay is this real is this is this not a thing is this a thing um just go to the line movement and that'll tell you and then it's and sometimes, like, it's better. It's like, okay, did it go too far now? Like today, everyone's favorite, the Scooter's Coffee Frisco Bowl yep. going on between UTSA and, and Marshall. Like, <laughs> did, really? This thing's all over the place. So it went from UTSA minus nine. Now it's UTSA yep. minus 12 and a half. And, yep. and, Michael, the totals dropped down about four points from 55 down to 51 and a half. Any information uh, that we should look for? And, like, it doesn't make sense to you that the number's no. been going down. So people expecting the score is going to be down. And then UTSA, like, that's where the smart people are betting, obviously. It's Well, it's the other. Here's the other part, the weather. Like, that's the other thing. Yeah. Like, you have to look at you. You have to look at weather. You have to look at Who's going to play? Who's not going to play? Who's coaching? Who's not coaching? Who's going to be all in? Like, that's the that's the thing. This is a game I think we, both, of, both of these teams want to win this football game. Uh, so mm-hmm. I expect that Marshall covers. Uh, the num- the line at 51-5 is what I'm seeing. And um, so I'm just – like, the way that I – I don't know how you guys – when you look at, like, a, an over-under, um, I always go – so that means that it's it's that this is 25 a 25 25 game essentially and somebody's going to score 30 points this is college football so that's going to be the part that's going to be interesting to me um if somebody scores 30 points that means they have to keep the other team under 20 points and i think this saw to me this game goes over but it just is going to be really interesting as this is a game where like as you mentioned, there's a lot of movement, man. Like this is a game that they thought was going to be a a, a a touchdown field goal game, and now it's turned into a touch two touchdown game. 
What about the Boca Raton Bowl? Uh, we got that one coming up on Thursday, South Florida at Syracuse. This one is a much tighter spread at two and a half. Do you do yeah. you tend to like betting spreads when it comes to bowl games? Totals? Do you you know do you just go strictly off information and and play it game by game? Do you have like a strategy when it comes to these bowl games? I there again, there is no strategy. <laughs> We're talking about a Syracuse team that has a brand new coach. <laughs> We're talking about a South Florida team that was garbage for a long time. I didn't even I don't understand how they got the six wins, but they got there. And so there's no I, there's no this one. If you think that Syracuse is going to win, I would say bet the money line. But the reality for me is I look at the over-under more than anything, and I just think about college football. And with respect to college football, it's really hard for teams not to score 30 points. And that's the thing that I usually look at. And this one, again, the way that I, I was saying, the way I look at lines, this is what? This is – I'm not that great at math. You know what? Let me get my cal- – I got my calculator right here. Here we go. Got my mm-hmm. calculator right here. Here we go. Yeah, I, listen, my mom used to use one of these. I bought one on Amazon recently. So let me go. 56.5 divided by 2 equals – that's 28 points. That's right around 30. Whoo. Ay, ay, ay. You know what? This is one where I maybe go under. Mm. Okay. Fair enough. I know one of the things that uh, we've all discussed before is this idea that, say, some programs are better against the spread when it comes to bowl games than others. And I'm curious if one of the reasons is because some programs naturally attract those five-star recruits, those four-star recruits who are naturally going to try and make it to the NFL. And I'm wondering if they say there's a betting advantage when it comes to that, where certain programs are not going to have as many opt-outs. Certain programs can still play at a really high level, but the guys are actually going to care about bowl games. Do you see certain teams, certain programs that are, say, on one or the other extreme when it comes to that? Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, again, I, I, I kind of alluded to this with the Florida State, Georgia, right? Like they've got, mm-hmm. they've got so many opt outs in that game. They're like, don't touch it. I would never I wouldn't touch that game at all, period. I would not touch Florida State, Georgia at all, because I have no idea what's going to happen. They have so many opt outs of guys that one Jordan Travis is not even an opt out. He just is out because he's hurt. But then you have, you know, you have uh, Wilson's out and, and Vincent's out. And, and, and we're not going to we're not going to see Bowers we're probably not going to see Lamaconky either. So we're going to see these guys out and it's Jordan, Jared verse. We're not going to see him. Those guys are all out. So I think it's a great opportunity from a football standpoint for me personally. I think it's a great opportunity to see what's next, the, the future of the program. Uh, but same thing with Clemson, Clemson, look at them. Jeremiah Trotter is not going to play in this football game. So that's an opt out. So you get to see this. And then you flip the coin, Georgia tech, UCF, Georgia tech, all those guys are going to play. And I think Georgia tech has a great opportunity to win this football game. Uh, outright, not just cover. I think they have a great opportunity to win this football game outright. I know they're a four and a half point dog on Friday, uh, but I think they've got a great opportunity to win that football game. I think you throw in James Madison, JMU is they're upset. They're a late. They were like kind of like what is it a late ad basically, uh, but they're going to the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl and they're a late ad because they originally weren't allowed to go to a bowl game. They want to win, and they want to. And then Air Force, obviously, you can't. What are you going to opt out at Air Force now? So I think this is two teams that both want to win. And JMU is a two and a half point favorite. 
But this is going to be a game where in the, the listen, the over under is 41 5. Are you kidding me? Go over. Are you kidding me? Come on. 41 41. That's like an Iowa Wisconsin number, right? Like 41 5. Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but before we jump to the playoff games, one other one, pretty big bowl yeah. game that is really interesting what's happening in the market and everything going happening off the field, the Cotton Bowl. Ohio yeah. State is now an underdog to Missouri. Uh, j- just your thoughts on every- everything that you think. It's obviously because of what's happening with the Buckeyes. Ten guys hit the portal. The quarterback's yeah. going to Syracuse now, Kyle McCord. Yeah. <laughs> you got potential opt-outs. There's no reason for Marvin Harrison Jr. to play in this game. Yep. So, like, what what do you think of it when I tell you that Missouri's favored to win this game? Not surprised. Mizzou, I mean, mm-hmm. listen, we're talking. So, hang on. If we if we just did Blake Slate, right, Tabula Rosa. And I tell you that there's an SEC team that finished, what are they, they finished in what, the top 15? SEC mm-hmm. team finished in the top 15, um, was, was second place behind Georgia in the SEC East, and was, a, and was able to do everything that this team did. And then you look at Ohio State, you're like, team that lost to Michigan, team that squeaked by uh, Penn State, quarterback transferred before they even got to their bowl game. You're, you're looking at this and you're going, oh, of course. And that's what I think is happening. And guess what? I don't care who opts out for Mizzou to get a win over Ohio State means a lot to Mizzou. And that's where I'm sitting on this game. So for me, money line for sure. What's the, what was the, what's the number on this one? Uh, two, it's two and a half points. Ohio State oh, was yeah. favored by two and a half. Now Missouri is favored by two and a half. Yeah, five, so a five-point swing. I, give me Mizzou. I'll take Mizzou all day. There, this is going to be – it's like it's the same as when – it's the same – this – I don't want to be disrespectful to Mizzou, but this is the same as when you see like – when we used to see like UCF or Boise State or somebody play Oklahoma or play Georgia or whatever, and they like punched up hard. I think this is M- Mizzou. Like here's the reality. When you, when you send out those recruiting flyers, when you send out that recruiting stuff – all it says is bowl game. It says Cotton Bowl. It says Missouri over Ohio State. And I think that that matters. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite bet for this weekend? I know we've asked you about a few games. Is there something that stands out to you as your favorite? I'm a Georgia Tech. I'm going Georgia Tech. And maybe it's because I'm friends with Roddy Jones, who played at Georgia Tech. But I'm going Georgia Tech. I also think, again, JMU. And I guess, man, I'm I'm getting into like, yeah, Georgia Tech, JMU, and I'm gonna say Utah as well. I think that Utah they don't know how to not play their best, and sometimes their best isn't good enough to win. But I think against Northwestern, a team again that's in transition, you have an opportunity to really go out and you know rattle some fences. So I think I'm going to go with the, I'm going to go Utah too. I think that's a team that a lot of we haven't talked about Utah since what week six. So I'm going to go with Utah. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, as far as the playoff games are concerned, I know uh, we've had you on to talk about them, but if yeah. you want to change your mind when it comes to Alabama, Michigan, uh, Texas, Washington, uh, certainly you have the freedom to do so. Uh, but is there, say, a new insight in either game that uh, is making you rethink something or focus on something uh, as far as cider total? So I've been doing, I've been, so I do some writing for the messenger and I have been doing like deep dives and 
feel pretty good about my initial thoughts. <laughs> like, good. I think Alabama is going to win. Yeah, I think Alabama. Mm-hmm. I think Alabama is probably going to win the national championship. I do think mm-hmm. Alabama will have. I, I think Washington and Texas are bigger threats to Alabama than Michigan, and I think that's a problem for Michigan. And I think Michigan, like, unless like if, if okay. If Michigan can change exact who they've been all season and be something different um, in the semifinal game, no problem. They can win. But they, they have the talent to win. I just don't think that they want to come out of their shell. They're like a hermit crab, right? Like, and it's they, it's just not going to happen. So I think Alabama is going to – is. I mean, they've got a team of guys, like, working endlessly, like top men, if you will. Um we're going to just get, just figure out every single thing. And I think we're going to see that. I am excited to watch Mike Sainer still. I think he's maybe the most electric defensive player that we're going to see in the, in this, in the playoff. And so I'm excited to watch him. I'd love for Michigan to win, but uh, I think Alabama is going to take care of business. And then at the end of the day, uh, Washington, Texas is probably going to be a better game. That's going to be a game where we get a chance to see Sark. Really. He's going to be in his bag. Like, for real, yeah. for real, like he's gonna be, he's gonna be in his bag from a play calling standpoint, and he's got a month to draw up plays, to figure out plays, to do all this stuff. It's gonna be really cool to watch uh, versus a Washington team. And here's the thing, and I'll say this, and this is you, you asked me what I've kind of learned from doing a little more deep dive stuff. If Texas gets pressure on Penix, good. That's 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 what they have to do because their secondary is not going to hold up against this receiving core. Uh, they, these receivers, and you throw in Jake Westover at the tight end spot, and you, you throw in Dylan Johnson, the, the running back. If Penix has, you know, boom, 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 boom. If he has four seconds, you have a problem. Two seconds, you're in, you're, you're you got it made in the shape. But he has four, five, six. He extends the play to seven with his legs. Next thing you know, we're dealing with a guy that's absolutely going to destroy you, and he's so mm-hmm. pinpoint accurate. So I think this is going to be that that's going to be a really fun football game for fans that love offense and fans that want to see somebody push the ball down the field and and take chances versus a Michigan team that we've watched all year really not take chances. Good stuff. There is more brilliance where that came from. So please make sure to check out Michael Felder's Substack. It's Felder. And also check him out on X at In the Bleachers. Michael, thank you so much for your time. Greatly appreciate it. This is Back to All Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, our NFL Awards conversation right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.
I don't have to differentiate, thank goodness. Um, but, I mean, there's been around a couple MVPs probably in my career, and these two are as, I, I don't, I mean, that's the most obvious thing to me. I mean, obviously I might be biased being on their team, but I don't think so. I just got to, like I said last week, all you got to do is look at numbers or you got to look at the film. And whichever one you say is more important to you, I think it's extremely obvious. And if they're both important to you, then you should make it even that much stronger. But those guys are playing pretty good. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM from BetQL. 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan saying Brock Purdy and Lamar Jackson should be the top two MVP favorites in his own way, I suppose. And certainly the market agrees with that. Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Coming up in about an hour, we will have our first annual BetQL Daily White Elephant Party involving NFL futures. That will be a ton of fun. And in the meantime... Let's talk about NFL awards here, and let's talk about MVP, because uh, the odds are getting even shorter for Brock Purdy. Now at minus 225 per BetMGM to win this thing. Lamar Jackson in second position at 5-1. to one. Dak Prescott 7-1. to one. A lot of movement for Josh Allen at 10-1 to one here, Joe. So what stands out to you with these updated numbers? That there was more movement with someone else. That Jalen Hurts fell out of the race, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't know that he should have been there. But he was in that conversation. He's been top five throughout the year. He's no longer top five. That now we have a non-quarterback position that is ahead of Jalen Hurts. That that is done. He's a guy that's been brought up and all the rushing touchdowns. He has more touchdowns if you combine them. Passing, rushing, than all these other quarterbacks. He's now completely out of the conversation, it looks like. Now they may win the division. They could be the two seed in the NFC. Uh, that that is actually expected to happen because they're minus two fifty favorite to win the division. But that's what stood out with the with the most updated odds. Uh, money continues to come in on Josh Allen. I see some sports book have Josh Allen as the same odds as Dak Prescott, so mm-hmm. the third favorite. So that keeps happening. I just I don't see it. I view it as it's going to be an NFC award. And that's also a way of me saying that Dak's not dead because of the schedule, because of the possibility of them being the two seed. I know it was an absolute clunker. We all remember that, but there's a lot of games in the NFL season. All these quarterbacks have some clunkers. Go look at Purdy's stats during their three game losing streak. Like that's going to happen. Um, Is it, is it right? Are we just going to wake up on, uh, was was it Monday? I forgot which day that game is. Niners Ravens. That's Sunday or Monday? That's Monday, Monday right? Okay, yeah. so we were, we're going to wake up on Tuesday, and the quarterback of the winning team of that game is going to be the favorite for the MVP. Can can it flip that much for Lamar? Ooh, gosh, I feel like Purdy might still be the favorite. I don't know. I was in denial about Purdy for a while, and now it's like you know minus two hundred favorite for MVP. <laughs> I kind of think he's mm-hmm. he's there. I think it's going to take a little more than one game to knock him off. There are also things that can happen within that game where if the Ravens do win, but say like Lamar Jackson's largely contained, it's a lower scoring game. Maybe the Ravens defense, maybe they 
you know, just handle takeaways, things like that, and then that's how Baltimore wins. I can see a lot of paths for the Ravens to win that game and the MVP odds not changing all that much. And in a one-game sample size, like it's something where Brock Purdy could come back and have like two perfect passer ratings. And so I think there are a lot of ways where Purdy can still be the favorite uh, at season's end. What's fascinating to me, though. That makes sense. Sorry, I just wanted to to follow up on that. That makes sense. But Josh Allen just happened. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That was the James Cook game, and then the Allen odds keep on dropping. True. What mm-hmm. you That's said true. makes more sense, but sometimes the betting market doesn't make any sense. It, right. Yeah. It, it, recency <laughs> bias, all of what? that stuff. No, it, it, it's a real thing. I mean, heck, I mean, we're, we were talking about Pat Mahomes. Now he's at 21. He's not winning it. But, I mean, we were talking mm-hmm. about him, like, oh, could he just go nuclear and then win this thing? And we were thinking that was a real possibility. Uh, but with three games left and how this offense is playing, like, it's really hard to believe that's, that's possible. But wanted to talk about methodology a little bit when you're bringing up, say, Lamar Jackson, because I think a lot of folks are sort of turning Lamar Jackson into the anti-Brock Purdy. Like, Purdy, okay, great system, great receivers, all that stuff. But Lamar Jackson doesn't have Mark Andrews, and he's still making this offense tick. Well, it's because of the quarterback. It's inherently, you know, all about skill, things like that. And I think Mm -hmm. one symptom of this is you're just looking at Lamar Jackson's rushing ability and saying, okay, because he can do that, that's why he should be MVP. And certainly he leads all quarterbacks with plus 154 rushing yards over expected. Next highest among starters is Jordan Love at plus 78. So in terms of being an efficient rusher, Lamar Jackson certainly is that. But the problem, though, is that you have to look at the passing game uh, much more carefully and acutely than you do the ability to run quarterback draws. If you're looking at, say, EPA numbers, passing, you know, even for a quarterback who rushes a ton like Jackson does, that's only, say, like a fourth, a third of the overall importance compared with, say, what you can do in the passing game. I get when you look at the highlight reel, those rushes are really cool to watch. They're fun. But being an efficient passer matters a great deal more. In terms of someone who can rush, that ratio is probably three to one in terms of pass EPA to rush EPA in terms of what a quarterback's contributions are. Uh, If you're looking at someone who doesn't rush as much like a Brock Purdy, that ratio goes way, way up. But still, though, at the end of the day, you need to be an elitely efficient passer to win this award. And that's why I think Brock Purdy still has this in the bag. Yep. I would be surprised if Lamar wins. I know there's an opportunity with big games down the final stretch. It feels like Lamar is the second favorite by default because you had to drop Dak, you had to drop Hurts, and he's just kind of sitting there. And Josh Allen with six losses, can you possibly make him that high? Well, some places have decided to do that. Um, So I would be very surprised if Lamar were to win. Purdy, per. Purdy is the uh, deserved favorite. Um, as far as Dak, like wh- the conversation around Buffalo after that loss to the Eagles was, oh man, this is going to be so tough. Look at the remaining schedule. But with that difficult remaining schedule gives opportunity. So what if mm-hmm. Dallas looks awesome in the final few weeks and he does it against Miami on Christmas Eve, and that's going to be like the late afternoon slot on Fox. That's going to be the big game of the day. Um, and then and then it's Detroit, and then he could just demolish Washington. Like if there's something on the line against that secondary, he could have a 400-yard game. So 
Mm-hmm. It's still the, I, I'm holding a ticket, so maybe I'm biased, but I still think there is a path for for Dak Prescott to bounce back and win this award. Yeah, I think it'll be tough, but maybe I'm also biased. <laughs> I just don't really it, no, see it's it. definitely it's definitely uh, tough. It's tough, but yeah. if he has big games That's... against really good teams here in the next couple of weeks, like he's going to be right back there. I think also like the loss of Keaton Mitchell for the Ravens kind of helps Lamar even more because he's going to have to carry that team and it's going to be like, oh, wow, like, look, look what Lamar's doing. He's like this entire offense. I think it could help him. I mean, assuming things go well for the Ravens against the Niners, um, I I, maybe they could be co-favorites. But yeah, this this does feel like Purdy has this pretty much locked up at this point. I think it would take a lot for one of these other guys to move into that favorite mm-hmm. spot. It's going to be about highlight reels. Like who is a quarterback who is doing something by himself? I think, and I think you can do that in the passing game, right? Like someone who yeah. is staying in the pocket for 10, 12 seconds and is still able to fire some 50 air yard deep ball to your favorite target who happens to be wide open. I think if you have enough of those, I think that matters. The other thing too is that, yeah, with uh, great opponents comes great opportunity, sure. But that week 18 game against Washington for Dak Prescott he could go nuclear in that game and have like 400 passing yards, something like that, right? Like he could pad okay. the stats there and it might matter just in terms of, okay, at the end of the season, when we're comparing numbers, maybe we need to have a little bit of additional context, but not everybody's going to do that. So if Prescott goes nuts in week 18, that can help his chances. Meanwhile, the 49ers might be a little bit more conservative about what they do with Purdy. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. 
Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. If Lamar gets a second MVP, he has the same amount as Mahomes. And I don't think anybody truly mm-hmm. believes that they're the same. They're the same level. He would, he would reach Joe Montana and Steve Young and Kurt Warner. Wow. Like Voters are going to think about that too if they're going right. to put him down first. Are we ready to do that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if we are. <laughs> the other thing that made me think of this this morning, I was just they had like all the quarterbacks and what they're getting paid. And Lamar's making significantly more money than everyone else. So maybe he, you know, he needs to back it up. Yeah, right. If he's in that conversation and getting paid like that. How about we move on now to Offensive Player of the Year? And it certainly seems like a two-person race here. Christian McCaffrey, now the favorite at minus 155 on BetMGM. Tyreek Hill at plus 110. Which one you like here, Joe? Okay, question about a long shot. And this ties into the MVP conversation. And I'm, I'm just... Just asking it. So let's say they don't go purdy. Something crazy happens. And and look, we keep talking about how these voters, you know, in a public forums, you know, they're making up excuses not to go the purdy route, right? And will they do that? If if he's, they're given a reason, I think they would go elsewhere. We don't know if there's going to be a reason. We don't know what Lamar Deck are going to do. Is there any way that purdy does not win MVP? Like the voters decide, let's give it to someone else and they give him offensive player instead? Or it's just automatic, CMC is the favorite, it would be him? I never considered that possibility. Uh, Yeah, no, I'm just thinking about it now. Right, as as you talk it through, uh, it it doesn't feel right to me, just because Mm -hmm. I I think we're so quarterback-centric. We kind of start there and then branch out. Like, for us to kind of go in the other direction – starting with, say, your running back or somebody else, but then Brock Purdy wins offensive. Uh, I, I mean, it's an interesting idea, but I, I feel like there needs to be more of a grassroots movement for that to happen, and I just haven't heard it. Yeah, I don't think it'll happen. Um, look, the, uh-huh. the odds are saying it's going to be CMC or Tyreek. It's minus 150 for right. CMC. Tyreek's plus 125 after not playing, and then there's a huge drop-off, 75 to 1. Purdy's 80 to 1. That's what, That's the reason I brought it up, and maybe, you know, if he doesn't win MVP. Um, sure. Does Tyreek have to get to 2,000 to win this? Yes. 100% yes, he does. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm curious in terms of what is getting priced into these numbers, because there is a re- there is a way for Tyreek Hill not to have any involvement with this Dolphins offense whatsoever, right? Like, and they could win games like Waddle and, and other folks, and that's fine. But the 49ers have to use Christian McCaffrey going forward, right? Like, if he gets hurt or something like that, okay, then, you know, we don't have to worry about it, I guess. But... There's no way the 49ers maintain success without Christian McCaffrey carrying the rock, being a pass catcher, all of that stuff. He is required to be part of this offense. Tyreek Hill isn't required. And so it is interesting at plus 110, like maybe that assumption is still being made that he is going to have the lion's share of passing yards, but I receiving yards rather, but I look at this and go, does he have to get to 2,000? Yeah, I, I think absolutely. Because 
it's going to be really hard to overcome all of the massive contributions that CMC will have down the stretch. How much do you think it matters that you hear a lot of like former players who are analysts on TV, like give Tyreek the MVP. Like, do you think voters take any of that into consideration, like a popularity contest that maybe, you know, he will get offensive player of the year. No, because <laughs> just as many are saying it about CMC, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. What do you, a Niner's going to get one of these two awards, right? And I think that's, that's sure. fair. It's just a matter mm-hmm. of which one, or is it going to be both? I don't know. Uh, which one are you more sh- sure of? Pur- Purdy is the heavier favorite right now. But I would lean that if I'm betting on one that I think I just think it's going to happen, I would I would bet McCaffrey for offensive player, mm. even though the I number com- is shorter, it's minus one fifty. I completely agree. I completely agree. Okay. I don't know what the paths are for all these other guys to take over Christian McCaffrey's mantle. the The only way I think he doesn't win this award is if he gets hurt, and Tyree Kill does yeah. get to. You know, maybe he doesn't have to get to 2,000 at that point, but it still needs to be significant. He needs to be out there and putting up triple digits probably in every contest from here on out for him to get serious consideration. Like, it may feel like minus 155 to plus 110 isn't that big of a gap, but it seems much more significant to me in terms of how we respect McCaffrey and all the different things he does and how we respect the 49ers so much more so than the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. So, no AJ Brown, no CD Lamb. They've all fallen off. Yeah, it's pretty clear <laughs> mm-hmm. what's going on with this race. Two man. Exactly. Race. This is Becky L Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, Coach of the Year. What are we supposed to do with this award? Right here on the Becky L Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Are you ready for the most interactive sports gambling show? Introducing BetQL Send It In with PJ Glasser. We want to hear from you. Send It In is about your picks, your trends, and your fades. Share your thoughts, predictions, and your best daily best bets with the Send It In community. Set your reminders, mark your calendars, and get ready to send it in on weekday afternoons at 1 Eastern on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. On your home for wagertainment, the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Honestly, man, we, we came into this saying we got to win this division. That's the goal, and that's that's where it is. If, if something happens between now and then, hey, that's all good. But that is our focus. We talked about that this morning as a team. That that was the focus when we entered it, and that is still the focus, man. We, we're going to do everything we can to win this division, and there's nothing that's going to be easy about it. Man, you gotta, we got to go out to Minneapolis and face the Vikings, who are a very dangerous team, um, and find a way to win it and get this division. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. 
Well, at least Lions head coach Dan Campbell is consistent when it comes to his message to the Detroit Lions as far as winning the division and all that good stuff. So he's got that going for him, I guess. Welcome back to Make You All Daily, presented by Ben MGM, Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you. How about we get to Coach of the Year? And if you go by BetMGM's numbers, well, Campbell, still the leader in the clubhouse at plus 275. D'Amico Ryans and Shane Steichen, though, second position, tied at second at 3-1, to one, followed by Mike McDaniel, 6-1, to one, and then uh, a little bit of a drop-off after that. Boy, this award seems like it's completely up in the air, right? Like nothing has gotten decided through 15 weeks, and so now we have to look to the final three weeks to figure out who's going to win this thing, right? Yeah, boy, just hearing Dan Campbell puts me in a mood. Yeah, I want to put <laughs> – come on. Me I too. finally uh, – yeah, what Wonder kind of a mood? Oh, yeah, you love every coach. I forgot. What, who's on the love list? <laughs> you I just down? said which power rank how hot they are. <laughs> which – oh, the, the ones in the coach of the year are all coaches. Pete Carroll, I'm number being an one. idiot. Yeah, man, yeah, Pete, Pete Carroll with his backwards hat last night. He's still yeah. got yeah. citizens. Everything now. <laughs> you better stop. What's what's Zaddy for Grandpa? Whatever the that man is. is 97 yeah. years old, Aaron. <laughs> disgusting. It's a disgusting it's, turn it, of events. But there's like, a, I'll change there's your diaper, Pete. Five here. <laughs> what was that what age discrepancy on? when she got married? Oh, oh, that was yeah. The oh, I'm sure that was huge. Were you in Texas at? No, you weren't there then, right? No, I weren't. No, I was. uh, I was a youngster at that point. Uh, Yeah, but I just remembered, you know, Anna Cole Smith, and then you know someone who looked like her grandfather, and they're married. I'm like, that can't be right, can it? Yeah. So, how big of a story is it going to be? I they're going to win the division, right? Um, We all know that, Mm -hmm. and that's why they're focused on it because baby steps, I guess. It hasn't happened since 93. I mean, that's crazy. There's not that many teams in divisions. And to win a division for the first time since 1993. When it happens, it's going to be a big story. 30 years. Is that going to be enough to put Campbell over the top for this award? We have talked about him so much. He's generating mm-hmm. all kinds of publicity And I I think when it comes to this or comeback or anything else, like what's the PR machine going to do? When will say the lions or, you know, any other, you know, individual player, like when are they going to have those opportunities in prime time to get everybody, everyone's attention and sort of wrestle these things away. Dan Campbell's probably in the best position. I think you're absolutely right. Like to win this division would be humongous. Um, But also the fact that we can go back to say old clips of hard knocks or really cool speeches he's made, things like that. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if, say, that locker room post-game speech with all of his players after winning the division, we're probably going to talk about that forever. He will say memorable things that will stick in our heads to the point where he has to win this thing, right? Mm. It's, it's not scientific, but that's probably how this goes down. It is interesting, though, that two of the four losses that the Lions have suffered have come within the division. Will mm-hmm. that hurt yeah. him? I don't know. Maybe not. You could make the argument those teams know each other so well, but I, I feel like they could get things together. It was looking kind of dicey there for a while. They got Minnesota twice and Dallas. Oof. But the competition, I still think this is pretty wide open. 
Yeah. I mean, are okay, we sure so... Shane Steichen should be the favorite? Well, it, I think you could. Most places, it looks like it's a three three way tie for the at most mm-hmm. most sports books right now. Okay, so we can agree if Houston or Indy win the division, those coaches are going to win the award, or no? I think it would eliminate the loser. I, I would say that, which I know oh, is for sure. a surprising thing to say. But as far as the winner, if it's either either, uh, and if Jacksonville wins the division, then Dan Campbell gets it by default. Um, maybe. I mean, Campbell was but... expected to win the division. He's supposed to. They were a heavy favorite going into right. the year. You're right. You know, he was, but I mean, again, it's the PR machine, right? Like he's so much fun. You run through a brick wall for him, all that stuff. I mean, you know, all these other coaches who have like really good records, like Kyle Shanahan, John Harbaugh, things like that. Like, I think those expectations were fairly high to begin with, um, but they're kind of out of the mix because, you know, what is it? Like they don't inspire us. Like they're not fun. You know, we don't have memorable quotes and things that we can share on the socials because of what they do. It might be as simple mm-hmm. as that. Could be. I mean, I don't know. I don't think in past years it was like even last year, Dayball like wasn't it wasn't a popularity contest. He's not this charismatic guy. I don't know if that matters a ton. New York bump. There was a lot of New York bump. They didn't win the division. It was exceeding expectations in in the media Mm -hmm. and all the voters that are in New York. I think that was certainly a big part of that one. Well, and also, too, the Giants have been mired in misery for a long time. Like, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. we we looked at Joe Judge and Jason Garrett in a very negative light. Even Even David Gettleman. Like, we were looking at them as part of this just brutal franchise that lasted so long. It was so bad. And I think it kind of circles back to your point, Joe. The Lions have been mired in misery for a really long time as well. And they don't have Matt Stafford anymore. So you bring in Jared Goff, who many thought was absolutely washed. You've turned him into a serviceable quarterback. Not a great one, but serviceable. More than okay. And now you have a, not a juggernaut, but a respectable program that can win the division and at least be interesting in the playoffs. It makes sense to me. Especially since the lines were just so bad for so long, I think. 30 years know. they didn't win the division. Yeah. 30 years. Just like, it's going to be a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's, they were a joke let's quick, for so long. Let's quickly write. There's a couple value possibilities that I want to mention. But okay. all right. Let's 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 quickly mention some other names. Shanahan, they're the one seed in the NFC. Does he have any chance I say no? Outside chance, but I don't like the value of plus 850. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah, he's not winning it. Uh, one place has plus 450, so that's interesting. Stefanski. Hmm. They'd have, Browns would have to win the division. They're on their fourth quarterback of the year. They're not going to win the division. He just but won it a few years ago, too. He did. He did. Mm-hmm. But he's gone through quarterback after quarterback after quarterback, and they're probably going to be the five. Oh no, that's pretty good. I'll pass just um, because he won yeah. it in twenty twenty. Can Harbaugh I, get it if the Ravens are the one? He can. I don't think it'll happen. But I don't think so. I mean, again, outside chance. Like, I mean, this—it's possible that some of these guys ahead of him could just fall apart, um, or sort of back into say the playoffs. Whereas with with Harbaugh, 
you know, not that he's dealt with more injuries than say other, I mean, it's kind of funny. Like we're talking about, you know, Keith Mitchell and the offensive line and all this stuff for the Ravens. And yet they're dealing with fewer significant injuries than say most of these other teams who don't have their quarterback, but that doesn't seem to matter when it comes to voters. I think uh, looking at Harbaugh and how he's been able to kind of steady the ship, like it might be more of a lifetime achievement award with him, but again, at 16 to one, I don't like the value there. I think there are probably other guys I'd rather lean on. It's so amazing. Like the Shanahan thing, like going into every mm-hmm. game, like we're knocking Purdy because Shanahan's so good, right? Like every game, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you got Shanahan. He's going to scheme up some stuff. Nobody says that about Dan Campbell. What we say about Dan Campbell is terrible fourth down decisions. You know, like our D'Amico Ryan's doing a good job, but we're not talking about him scheming things up like we are with Shanahan. So I find it interesting. He's never won. I don't know that he ever will win, um, but just <laughs> people don't want to talk about maybe, it. Uh, Zach, maybe he's going to yeah, get the Mike ahead. Tomlin treatment. Like he's never maybe. won it, which surprised me. Yeah, you know? finds a yeah. way. Um, yeah, I hope the Steelers <laughs> have a losing season. Uh, Zach Taylor, 20 to 1. Sean McVay, 30 Subtle. to 1. Do either of them have a chance? McVay, I mean, rather, Zach Taylor never had trustworthy quarterback play this year it's like burrow was never burrow and then now they're winning games and they're likely to make the playoffs with the backup quarterback and then mcveigh like they were supposed to be in the basement with arizona in that division and now they're probably going to be in the playoffs for me with the harbaugh mcveigh stefanski like they've all won it in the last five or so years I just True. think I'd pass considering there's some strong candidates. If this, if there wasn't anyone else making a case, I don't think I would consider that, but I think I have to pass on them. I know I'm going to get accused of bias here, but I'll go ahead and uh, give it a try. Does Sean Do not feel even... a little different than the others? Am I wrong okay. in that I vibe? Thought we were going... I thought we were going Mike McCarthy, but... No, we're not. Oh my God. Oh my God. We're not going to do it. We all allow. Continue, please, sir. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Although I'll file that in the back of my head whenever I want to give you a migraine, Paul, just in case. But in terms of coach of the year and the here and now, uh, why does McVeigh feel different to me? Is it just because of expectation coming in that some people really thought the Rams could be the worst team in football? And yet yeah. here they are playing for a playoff spot. Like if you're talking about like baseline expectations versus what's actually happening, this offense is fun to watch. Like Puka Nakua is a thing. Like that is incredibly unexpected. I wonder if there are enough storylines like that where McVay just feels a little different compared with these others. That's fair. I, I, I have a 25 to one ticket and the odds are about mm-hmm. the same right now still and i got that one months ago so i'm a little surprised that he's not moving up maybe we need them to be a higher playoff spot or maybe people just look at the bottom of the nfc uh playoff picture and say eh, it's all garbage anyways those teams are going to be uh exited really early but you know what Mm -hmm. i'll tell you if i have a two three or a four seed in the nfc i do not want to be matched up with mcveigh and the rams in the first round Exactly. That has to mean something. Maybe he doesn't win it, but at least gives you pause. Maybe you rethink who the votes are going to or your points are going to. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I think he is just a little different than some of these other long shots. This is Matt Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, in a season of backup quarterbacks, 
we're likely to see even more of them in week 16. How these latest moves impact lines and such right here on the Becky Bell Network. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.